This is the best of the Tom Bernard Morning Show with Tom Bernard, Brittany Arneson, and Rudy Pavich. I'm trying to enter a studio and it will not let me do it. Oh, oh it. see, it's doing that, right? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, it finally did it. It recycled. See, just the fact that your presence, that you came over here. It's I cared. Changed everything. All right. Awesome. That's all I know. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're all here. So everybody's up. Everybody's good. Star. We like it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I have to read this, Pierre. Pierre Douglas is with us uh, at Left Camp Comedy uh, tonight and tomorrow night, 490. Robert Street in St. Paul. But I have to read this. This first line, you're going to go, Tom, what are you doing? <laughs> right? But I have to say this. Minnesota legend Kent Herbeck Sports brought to you exclusively by Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda at the ballpark up north or in your fridge. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Um, in your job, do you ever have to have stand up and go, hey, please welcome this legend friend of mine? Yes. Do you have to do that? Got to do it. Well, see, there you go. I use the big, big, big words. Now, Phil, is Kent even with us, or does because he's a legend? Does big, he hold off a couple of minutes? Big words for a big guy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Pierre Douglas in studio with us, ladies and gentlemen. And I wanted Phil and Kent both to know that because now, um, Pierre, did you say you're you're not a baseball fan? I'm not a baseball fan. My son is. My son is. Oh, he your loves son it. is. He loves it. He plays it. Um, but I couldn't tell you any position on that field or anything like that. So what did you play? And did you play sports? I didn't play anything. You didn't play any sports? I tried basketball, didn't make the team, and I was like, all right. <laughs> that was good. I'm good. I'm good on this. I'm good. I'm good with this. Everybody be, I ain't playing this anymore. Let's try comedy instead. Let's yeah. do comedy. Exactly. Kent, Phil, I tried and tried and tried to be happy. I finally blame it on Herbeck and Phil. Every Thursday they lose because you two hun yucks are coming on the next day. There you go. <laughs> Got to blame it on somebody. <laughs> That's exactly right. So what do you think? Uh, look, I mean, you know what? Yes, sir. I, I had a uh, had a wonderful time at the ballpark last Friday night. Um, went to the ball game. Was it Friday night? I, my days are screwed up. Uh, <laughs> heck, well, when did they play the Brewers? The night they came back and played the Brewers. That wasn't Friday night. That was Monday, Monday Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wasn't that like Tuesday? Yeah, yeah it was Tuesday, Tuesday night. Yeah. Tuesday night. What a crowd. The crazy Brewer fans were in town. 35,000 people at the ballpark. Wonderful ball game. Had a great time. Uh, Brewers led the whole game, and the Twins come back and win in the ninth inning. Yep. Um, yep. You know, a great, great day at the ballpark. Beautiful evening. Fun crowd. You kind of wish it could be like that all the time. They should play the Brewers about. 70 times a year it'd be fun because of the atmosphere that yeah. was at the ballpark yep. it was yep. it was just phenomenal Brewers fans um, are something, man. Do you ever notice when you walk around the ballpark and bre- like every Brewers fan is wearing beige cargo shorts and like a Jeff Jenkins jersey? <laughs> from 15 years ago? Those shorts, yeah. And they have they've got some stale beer on their breath, like and there's just like ten thousand of them roaming around Target Field in downtown Minneapolis. <laughs> what's wrong? What's, what's wrong with I have I have beige shorts on in a Twins jersey right now. Is that nothing? Uh-oh. Nothing. Yeah, no, absolutely Uh-oh. nothing. It's a great. It's a great. <laughs> Do you have a Jeff <laughs> Jenkins jersey on too, Herbie? And my beer. Well, my no. My my breath smells like stale beer too. No, <laughs> not you. I, was, I already told Pierre. By the way, I said when he said I got to the ballpark, it was great. 
he owns a bar at the ballpark. Okay, so oh, that's why it was great. That's why. No, great. you know what I was doing? I was I was bartending. I was bartending at the Summit Brewery uh, Summit Pub oh, that night for an hour. Wonderful. I did the, I did a little guest bartending gig that night, and uh, you know what was really cool was the people that came up to the. You know, came up to the bar. I was kind of just helping pouring beer and stuff like that. I wasn't doing all the credit card stuff and everything. That was way over my head. But I had a great time. <laughs> had a great time with the folks that were working, at the bartenders that were working there. But how many people came up to the bar, husband and wife or boy and girlfriend or whatever, and one of them had a twin shirt on and one of them had a brewer shirt oh, on? Oh, God, yeah. It was just surprising. I was like, all right. What's what's wrong in this family here? And then they, they, their kid would be standing back there, and he'd have a brewer's shirt on. He says, "Well, we're not teaching him right, first of all." <laughs> <laughs> but it was just it was really neat to to see the the amount of people that were are, are split in the families uh, as far as brewer fans or twins fans. So that was kind of a fun night chatting with the folks at the uh, at the ballpark that night and see the different uh, just the different people. They were like I said, it was a great night. It was a fun night at the ballpark. It was a it was a just a great atmosphere, and and uh, wasn't a great atmosphere at the ballpark yesterday. A little, some people got upset. Mister Gray was a little upset. He got taken out of the ball game, right? Yeah, you know, you know, and uh, yeah, it was uh, kind of a letdown to get beat by Detroit, but uh, they're not out there trying to lose the ball game themselves. They played a good ball game. They came back and beat the Twins last night, but uh, yesterday afternoon or whenever, when the heck was it? Yesterday, last night. It was indeed, yes, sir. And uh, yeah, so uh, they got a few more, what, three more here with Detroit. They could uh, make some hay, hopefully, and come back and play some better baseball. And if you guys can breathe, I'm I'm actually out in Wyoming right now. So uh, watched the game early last night, and and uh, uh, watched the ball game. And I understand you guys are having a hard time breathing around there because of the air quality. Not as smoky as it was, thank God. It's getting a little better. Pierre, when, when did you get to town? I've been here. So, oh, so you've been here the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You, so you saw how bad it was a couple of days ago. Yeah, I got up, went out, and like, what is, what's going on? I didn't know Canada was on fire. Um, so Yeah, Canada's <laughs> on fire, unfortunately. What are you going to do? I didn't know we are that close to Canada. If we touch it. <laughs> I didn't know. You didn't know we touched Canada? To be that close to have smoke on You're a north place? side guy all oh, the way, man. <laughs> Pierre, where are you from? I'm Where's from North Minneapolis, from? but I didn't know like Canada was like two blocks away. Like, what's, what's going on? We all learned something that day. <laughs> yeah, it's just two blocks. Two blocks away. I can't, I'm either going to West Broadway or Canada. I don't know which That's way it. I'm going to turn. <laughs> It'll be phenomenal. Yeah, if, you go, if you go east, you run into, run into Target Field, and then if you go north two blocks, you run into Canada. The <laughs> patrol's right there, right? <laughs> right into Canada. Oh, my God. It's a big deal around here because the Twins mm-hmm. are the only professional franchise other than, of course, the Minneapolis Lakers long mm-hmm. before your time. But the Minneapolis Lakers won championships. But the Minnesota Twins won two World Series. And our other teams can't seem to get that done. So mm-hmm. that's the only reason I even talked to Herbeck. Otherwise, okay. they wouldn't even talk to him, you know. Right. They did yeah, have you, uh, Don't forget about, don't forget about our illustrious links. Don't forget about the links. No, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. Very good point. That's a really good point. Did you stay for the concert last night? I was not at the game. Oh, that's right. You're in, in Wyoming. Wyoming. I forgot. You just told me. Yeah. Yep. 
my uh, my uh, niece went to the game last night, and who was it? What T Pan or something? T Pan. Yep. No. T Pan. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Spot on. It's P Pan. When you get up in the middle of the night, and you now, pee Pierre, in a pan. Peter, do you know who T Pan? T Pan is? I know T Pan. <laughs> Familiar with <laughs> I have no clue who he is. I heard he's put on the phone. I've had a lot of T pain in my life, and my knees and shoulders and stuff, but, <laughs> but I don't know who he is. So I'm still job. I'm still drying out from. I was at the concert last night, oh, and I uh, might have had an extra adult beverage or two. <laughs> no, so I mean the still song. Drying out. The song alone says you have to buy a drink, yes. so. Yes, yeah. I mean, I had to stick around for In Love with a Stripper just to see, just to see, there, there was like probably ten to 15,000 people that stuck around after the game to watch, so yeah, he uh, he killed it last night. Yeah, I gotta be honest nice. with you, I was talking to Pierre about this earlier, about, you know, he, he and I grew up in the same neighborhood, many, many years apart, <laughs> but in the same neighborhood. And I was just uh, just thinking about that whole deal. Did they even let North Side guys go in the stadium? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, of course. Yeah, you have to now. With with twenty twenty three, you will, we will go on Twitter real fast. Okay, <laughs> they wouldn't let me in the. Stadium. They wouldn't let us in the stadium, and then uh, shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. That'd be wonderful. That'd be magnificent. The Twins have been a, a huge thing. Well, the Twins. The Vikings, they they both came into the market in uh, 60, 61, somewhere back in that uh, period. So to be, a, at that time, an eight-year-old boy, was that was a huge thing for me. Yeah. I didn't right. like the band. But, you know, because, it, because the Lakers had just left, I think I was about five when they went to Los Angeles. I think that's about right. Bob Short yeah. owned the team, didn't he? I think Bob Short sold the team to somebody in Los Angeles, I think, is what I think happened. Sid Hartman was involved in that, too. Wasn't Sid he, part of that? Yes, he was. Well, the basketball team, too? Yeah, he was part of it. I miss Sidney because every time he would listen to the show, I'd do a morning show mm -hmm. for 52 years. I've been on the radio in this yeah. market, right? So, and you knew Sid Hartman. Did you know him? No. Isn't he? he was a sports reporter for, he died at 100 years old two oh, years wow. ago. Oh, wow. And he was a sports reporter at 100 years old. That was wonderful. But here's what I would get. I would go to the Twins game. I'd complain about a couple of things. And right at 9.01 or 10.01, depending on when I got off the phone, ring, he goes, uh, Bernard, why are you bitching about the team again? We're not going to put up with it. Sid would always get very angry with me for complaining about our teams. But it all works out in the end. But you got No, you've been to the, the baseball stadium. I've been to the baseball stadium. I stayed for about 15, 20 minutes. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Was it hard to stay the whole 15 minutes? It was boring. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so there wasn't any baseball going on. It no, was it's just... baseball. It's just like oh, early. still boring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I might have just been too high up. So oh, you think so? Probably so. Probably lower. Did you get some good food, though? Because they have really good food there. Yeah, I couldn't there. afford it at the time. Yeah, same. Same. I'm still, still, I'm not bringing anybody. Really my kid nice. or my husband is not coming with really if I'm going nice. to go to the Twins game. But. You can't afford You that. want a hot dog? What, no. Wait till we get home. Yeah, right? We're going to split it three ways. Coming up with that hot dog cash. So what do you guys think of this now? I mean, obviously, we don't like opening up losing to Detroit. Detroit sucks, but Detroit's not going to lose 162 games, so why even talk about it that way, I suppose? But. I got to believe they'll come back, come storming back and take a couple in a row here, don't you think? I, I look, you know, like I said, the, the atmosphere at the ballpark when I saw it the other day was, was great. The guys seem to be fired up about it. They like the idea of the big crowd and what have you. But, uh, um, you know, they still they just, just can't seem to get on a roll. They, you know, jumped up four to one right away yesterday. Yep. yep. And you're thinking, okay, here we go. 
and uh, well, they end up uh, end up getting beat in the end, which is which was a, a tough thing, and uh, those kind of hurt when when you you know you jump up like that. You got to keep the keep the pedal a little metal and, and try to keep pounding runs in and keep and they just kind of laid around and come back and, and beat them. So it, it uh, that that's that, those are the heartbreaking losses. But again, you got to throw that stuff behind you and and. Uh, come out for you know for a new day it's a new day and you gotta the old tom kelly saying i heard a million times you know one day at a time can't get too high can't get too low right you can go back out there and uh they just can't seem to get on a a good solid roll i mean the the pitching staff to me has done a you know a fantastic job they've been tremendous as we know and and uh you know they've had some trouble in the bullpen once in a while but they just can't get on a roll with the the offense. The offense just keeps sputtering, man. It seems like it seems like they're getting water in the gas once in a while or something. They just they they go like crazy one game and the next day they it's like where the heck you guys what are you guys doing here? You know <laughs> they strike out a bunch and get to put the ball in play and see what happens. But they uh, again we we can't say nothing. They're in first place, so uh, you know hopefully they. The end of September when we're do, talking on a Friday, we still can compl- complain how bad they are, but they're still in first place. I'll take that. As long yeah, as you, yeah. you win your division, right? And go from there. No, you're absolutely right about that. Hey, look, first of all, um, Kent, you need to understand something. That, that, that game was ruined by you people yesterday. And by you people, I mean the Twins had a 4-1 to lead until my bohemian wife sat next to me and the game tanked. So you being a bohemian, you don't understand. It's you and Catherine's fault. Right. Yeah, and you have to you have to remember not to turn the TV on and watch the games. Yeah, that's right. Just stay away from us, Tom. Don't watch our games. <laughs> Leave us alone. <laughs> that's exactly right. It is. Hey, my Phil. Fault. Phil, have you been around the ballpark the last few days? You said you were there last night, huh? I was there last night, and then I was there uh, the last homestand for for a couple games, but. I haven't been like in the clubhouse or in the in the press box. I'm mostly just okay. uh, an idiot fan drinking beer and watching from afar. But but I did. I kind of love the Sunny Gray. I love your thought on this. So Sunny Gray, the starting pitcher, you guys mentioned, he got pulled after four kind of tumultuous innings. But he wanted to right. go back out there, and he generally, since he's been here the last couple of years, is kind of pissed that they don't let him pitch deeper into games more right, often. So right. like, where do you draw that line of? All right, is he? Is he? Do you think he's being a little selfish, or do you, or do you like to see a little tension like that between a starting pitcher and a manager from time to time? Well, you don't like to see any tension at all in the clubhouse, of course. First of all, uh, in your workplace, I guess you don't like it. But uh, I, I like the bulldog, the bulldog attitude he's got. Hey, let me. Uh, I know I'm struggling, but uh, what do you say? What was his comment? Uh, let me finish the fight or whatever that under that man or. Yep. I want to fight the fight or whatever. And he was struggling, man. He, was, he wasn't anywhere near the plate. Um, only gave up two runs. Um, had 70-some pitches. I don't know if they were looking at the pitches or what, but they, he was struggling in the fourth inning, and they got uh, – was a, um, who, who came in? The left-hander came in um, for him in the fifth. But he, uh, he was up and, and warming up in the bullpen. I figured as long as they had him warmed up, they were going to bring him in, you know, the way it looked. And, and uh, you know, Rocco decided to go with that move. But uh, it's nice to see, hey, I, I love the guy. You know, I played behind some some great pitchers, uh, you know, Jack Morris's and the, and the Burt Blylevins. Mm-hmm. 
Kevin Tappanies and the Scotty Erickson, these guys were bulldogs out there too. They wanted to pitch. They didn't want to go up and watch the game in the clubhouse. They wanted to be part of it. And um, you had to get a, a tow truck to get them those guys off the mound. You know, they had to pull them off the mound. But uh, and that's that's what I see in Sonny Gray. He's he's a bulldog and he wants to keep pitching. And he knew he knew he was struggling, but uh, you know he was hoping he. He only gave up two runs. He was leading four to two. He wanted to go back out there. So it's nice to see. But you don't want to see any tension. And hopefully they got it cleared up and it sounds like they did. Yeah, no question. I mean, I just got a call from some guy named Frank Viella said, uh, thanks, Kent, for mentioning me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Frank Viola. Yeah, oh, and Frank Viola. Yeah, he was pretty good in that World Series, in my memory. That's all I have Frankie to say. Was- Frankie was good anytime he stepped on the mound. Frankie, Frankie went hard at it too. Yep. He did. Frankie, yep. Frankie was a wonderful pitcher and a wonderful guy. Frankie's a lot of fun. They always talk about Frankie and I had a riff, or but Frankie wanted him. He didn't want to pitch for us anymore, or something like that. He was going to Boston or whatever. I said, right. "Well, go ahead." And then people thought I was mad at Frank. I said, "Well, if a guy doesn't want to play on the team that I'm on, I don't want him on the team." I agree with right? that. I absolutely agree with that. No question about it. So I'm sounds like a riff to me, actually. Sounds like a sounds like a riff to me. Well, that's you, Phil. But who who cares about you? <laughs> who cares about you? Oh, you're trying to treat. I, I love that. Who cares about you? <laughs> we have a little tension. We have a little tension on the show. Workplace See, tension. And now, and, now, and now watch us. We're going to move past it. And now we are a better team. That's we are exactly. a better right. team moving forward here. Yes. Oh, because you got to go, don't you, Phil? I do, and I think I think if nothing else today, uh, I think we developed maybe a new business idea. Kent Herbeck's new cologne, uh, Stale Beer Breath. I think <laughs> that'd be pretty good. <laughs> Trademark that. That'll be a wonderful. Push should... push that out for 2024. Okay, you need to do me a favor. If you're going to do Stale Beer Breath, you got to do another odor, and you guys will know what I'm talking about. And I don't know what to look. I have many many friends that play the sport. They're great people. What is the hell is that odor in an NHL locker room? Oh, holy crap. What is that? Oh. I can tell you, as someone who uh, my first ever job for two years was play it again sports. Oh. It's, it's just, yeah, AJ knows, but yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's just, it's stale, sweaty, oh. damp breezers. Open up the hockey bag. I had two older brothers in hockey and we all shared a oh. suburban and they would leave their bags in the car. Oh, it's horrible. Ooh. I know. What is that odor? What is that from? Because baseball doesn't have that. Uh, you know, football Ugh. might. I don't I don't think so, though. <laughs> the hell it's it's mysterious board. and it is lethal. It is. Yes, it's terrible. <laughs> it is lethal. You're absolutely right. What are you reporting on today, Phil? What do you got cooking on the show today? Well, uh, today it's a feedback Friday on Score North, which means we go live on the uh, the Purple Daily and Score North YouTube channels between 10 o'clock and noon, mostly for people to just tell us what they think about us. Oh. Uh, it's an, it's an op- open feedback line for people to rip us and tell us we're idiots, pretty much. That's I guess I just idiot. started that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> kicked it off early. <laughs> yeah, kicked it off early. All right, Amen. fellas, we'll have a magnificent time in Wyoming. Phil, have a great work day, and we will talk to you next week. All right, see you guys. See you, folks. Thanks, fellas.
Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Ken Herbeck Sports on Tom Bernard Morning Show. Uh, once again, presented by Killer Brew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Start your next memory at your favorite grocery store or convenience store today. Find a store near you at killerbrewrootbeer.com. Our very special in-studio guest, Pierre Douglas, with us. Now, where, where in North Minneapolis did you grow up? Uh, 10th and James. 10th and James. Uh, 30th and Colfax. Oh, man. So you spent no those time. Those are my main, in, two, main two living blocks, those two. You spent no Pierre time Douglas. at all at North Commons then? No, I was a Farview Park boy. Oh, you Farview, Farview all the way. Boy, but yeah. from 10th? That's a long yeah. haul. No, this was my 30th and the Koufax days. Oh, 30th and Koufax, so, yeah. As a younger okay. boy at Farview Park, over 30th and the Koufax. High school, around that time, we moved over to 10th and James. Oh, 10th and James, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Which was probably two blocks, three blocks away from North High. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't go to North High because they had a daycare, and that scared me. Um, why, <laughs> the why, why are they having scared. babies that young? And so, <laughs> well, good, good. That's a good take. I like so, that take. Uh, I went to Cooper High School, so yeah. You went to Cooper? Yeah. That's a hall, though, wasn't it? Yeah, my mom hated it, but <laughs> my mom. So you didn't go to baby. North at all? No, no. You. That's too bad. I wish I would have if I'd have known that I was going to be a comedian and things like that. Because, oh yeah, you know it's a good place, a uh, very known high school, and just some great people came out of there. But I just didn't want to be a dad. Like, I just I didn't want to be the You know what, Pierre? Care. That's very smart. He didn't want to be in that it's culture. The only way to avoid it. I absolutely. No, I, there wasn't kid. another obvious no, choice. That was it. That was it. I love that, Pierre. He, he's right. There is no other choice. You get involved in a group of people, uh, and you de tend to follow along just yeah. to kind of try to be liked and to yeah. fit in and all the rest of it. So that was they're very, yeah. very smart. To say. That was you and your mother both, or just your mother? Just me. Oh, just she, you. Yeah, she didn't. She she didn't want to drive across. You know, well, not too far. Cooper's not too far. Not but, that far, no. Um, just that alone, I was like, nah, mom, I'm not doing that. I understand that. I really do. And, and again, I I've said it many, many times. I went to North High School. I absolutely loved it. Back then, Ni 1968 wasn't so great when they burned the entire neighborhood to the ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was not the best time in my life. <laughs> I can remember that. Having the National Guard out in front of everybody's house and the tanks and the Jeeps and all that. It was weird. But 68 imagine. across America. I mean, yeah. around the world, 68. And I'm, I'm hoping that that never happens again because that was, that was something else. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that. It changed that neighborhood forever because Plymouth Avenue, before that fire, and it literally was on fire from Lindale Avenue all the way to Theodore Worth Parkway. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. And people don't realize that. I mean, it was a huge fire. But before that, it was delis, it was bowling alleys, it was pool halls, it was movie theaters, it was all these magnificent business, furniture wow. stores, all that stuff, up and down Plymouth. Just Plymouth. See, I wouldn't have you even imagined never. that being there. No, from, you wouldn't you know, have known that. Yeah. I'm glad you came in and told me that because sometime we'll have to sit and talk about North Minneapolis at one time. And I do, and people think I'm kidding, but mm -hmm. I'm not. I-94 is where it is and takes that little circle. Mm -hmm. Because all the Catholics, blacks, and Jews were in North Minneapolis, and then they put a freeway around us so we couldn't get out. <laughs> you gotta so, stay right there. <laughs> you gotta stay right there, and we'll be out here. You guys all stay in there. Yeah. Now, it see that's another one of the situations where a lot of people would sit on the news and go, "Oh my God, the strife, and it was horrible, and it must have been just terrible." I said, "No." Mm -hmm. To this day, I have magnificent memory. Yeah, not not everything went great, but it never does in any neighborhood, right? Right. I look back at living in North Minneapolis as one of the happiest times of my life. Everybody was nice because we were all kind of like hanging out together. And I don't think a lot of people who grew up, like I said, out there in Whispering Acres in the rich neighborhoods, they think they're experts on all this thing, whether it's skin color or mm -hmm. culture or whatever. They have no idea what the hell they're talking about. At all, no. And it bugs me, Pierre. No. It drives me nuts. Can we ever, 
Why don't we get people who actually grew up in those areas to talk, and the rest of you shut up? How about that? I, I wish I wish we can do that. I, me too. I told you before we got on. I'm a realtor as well, and so <clears throat> trying to sell people on this area where housing is affordable and yeah, nice yeah. housing. Nice they're, housing. They're like, I don't want to live here because of what I've heard or what I might have known to happen through you know these past couple of years. But I'm like, once you get in there and get into a community, mm-hmm. Northside's great. It's beautiful. I love the north side. It is. What's the church on Logan there, just south of Plymouth, uh, right on Logan? Logan. I can't remember the name of the church, but they invite me to come mm-hmm. to to a service there about once a year. I'm okay. not. I'm not all that religious. I don't. I don't know if there's a God or not. I hope mm-hmm. there is. You know, right? Something bigger. That'd be great. You've been doing right this whole time. It better be. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. But I go in that church. Uh-huh. I'm one of two, three white people in the whole church. Mm-hmm. End of the service. Every time they come, everybody in the damn church gives me a hug. Thanks yeah. for coming. Really, you're supporting us, and we really, it's this gratitude and happiness yeah. that other people, when you don't live in a neighborhood like you, have no idea what the hell you're talking about. And I really wish they would shut up. Yeah. You, so you do agree with that? Part. I agree. They should shut Good. up. And I and I love hugs. So shout out to that church uh, <laughs> for giving you hugs. Oh, you should go to that church. <laughs> Honest guy, sometimes I'll leave you my phone number. Yeah. You and I should go to, to a to a service there because what they do, mm-hmm. and you're gonna love this part, Pierre. They go and find homeless people, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what the hell their skin color is. Yeah, it doesn't matter at all. They bring them to the church. As a matter of fact, the last service I was there at, at there, there was a, a couple of guys. You could tell they were really, really down in their luck. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. Uh, one of them was a white guy, mm-hmm. right? And they came to get him to bring him up to do communion. And this man started crying like there was no tomorrow because it brought back memories of when he was a little boy going to commune and all that stuff. To witness something like that, the people that they say on the national news, oh, we just can't get along. It's just never going to work. Different cultures, different skin colors, different this, different that. It's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a lie to try to keep us separate because they make more money. True. That's what they, they, they support people. Because they can get their vote, mm-hmm. and then when they get the vote, they get all the money. All the money. It's just disgusting to me. Well, Pierre, I'm really glad that you came in, because you and I have never met before. Never, no. But now you're going to have to come in a lot more. I'm here, and I'll be on time <laughs> next time. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I See, I really like that now. No, Pierre, honest to God, it's, it's nice to have a, a situation like that, because mm-hmm. obviously there's not a lot. Well, by coincidence, there are coincidences in life, too. Because I didn't know you were from North Minneapolis. Yeah. I saw you were going to be on the show. Didn't know you were from North Minneapolis. On Wednesday, just two days ago, I went out to dinner and ran into three guys I hadn't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. And they all lived west of Penn Avenue on Plymouth Avenue in, in that neighborhood. And we talked forever about it and how we all loved it and how it all burned down. and, yeah. this, and that. But this is 40, almost 50 years later. Yeah. And the four of us stand there talking about what a great place North Minneapolis is. And I want them to shut up with how da- it's North Minneapolis is not as dangerous as the campus of University of Minnesota right now. Yeah, they're crazy up there. I don't know what's going on? They're not yeah, passing their crazy. classes or what's going right? on? Right? Yeah. Are on edge up there. It's <laughs> like, I'm like, God damn. You know, now you can see the white people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> white people get it together. Us, us blacks are, are acting. We, we're doing good. No, I'm joking. No, I think it's a good no. thing to say. Damn people. No. No, it's it's great to have you in studio. So. Uh, where did you where did you start comedy? Was there one club that you kind of started at? No, Twitter was my was my start. Really? Um, you know, 
at the time, it was like 2011 or 12 or whatever, and trending topics was like the thing on Twitter, and a group of us were just on there being funny and silly. I was always funny in school, like the guy that just teased and roasted everybody. Um, and you so, mean out in the suburbs out there? At Cooper, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> at Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was funny on Twitter, and someone said, you guys should probably try a comedy. So I'm a promoter, and she put a show together at the 400 bar over yeah, on Cedar when that was around. <clears throat> Yep. And and the show happened. I forgot my jokes I had planned to tell, and so I just kind of talked about the whole audience that night. Um, but the what what hooked me was the evoking emotion. Like I'm making people laugh, Isn't that and they're great? enjoying me. And from there, I was hooked. And so, um, yeah, yeah, that was my start. It's just so wonderful. I'm that I, I mean, honestly, you, can you stay another ten minutes? Yeah, for sure. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. This is Tom Bernard for Niemeyer Trailer Sales. They've been a part of Minnesota since 1965. They are family. If you want to take your passion on the road and make memories camping wherever you want, no motors, but pull trailer RVs, go to Niemeyer Trailer Sales. True story. The very best brands live at Niemeyer's. Like the latest from Rockwood by Forest River, number one in their class, whether you want a tent trailer, expandable, travel trailer, or a fifth wheel, Niemeyer Trailer Sales has it all. Plus, they deliver on the forgotten art of customer service with personable employees, often sons and daughters of the third-generation family-owned business who simply do what they say they will do every time. Come explore their huge selection and consult with RV service pros. You will leave satisfied no matter what you are looking for. The Niemeyer family welcomes you to visit both of their locations in Albertville and Elko New Market before your next vacation. Head to N-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-S dot com and put your passion on the road. Niemeyer Trailer Sales. Guys, I want to let you know about acoustic wave therapy protocol provided by my new sponsor, Twin Cities Premier Health. It's a non-invasive, non-surgical, highly effective, science-based procedure that creates an increase in blood flow and helps create new blood vessels by treating the root cause of most erectile dysfunction. Unlike using a pill to create a pharmaceutically induced erection, they treat the root cause of the problem. Age-related erectile dysfunction is most commonly caused by a buildup of plaque in the arteries that supply blood to the erectile tissue. Reach out to Twin Cities Premier Health like I did and right now receive this special offer, a free treatment and a free consultation when you book today. That is valued at $800. 952-395-4346. That's my unique phone number 952-395-4346 for their office or go to TwinCitiesPremierHealth.com and please be sure to tell them that Tom Bernard sent you. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the best of the Tom Bernard Morning Show. And by the way, I'm looking for uh, Michael Bryant to call in today to talk about some stuff that's going on. And I went, gee, I wonder why he hasn't called in yet. Because I replied to him, sounds good. Hey, you want me to come on and talk about it? I replied, sounds good. I never sent the message. Oh. It was one of those deals I was so damn tired when I got home last night, I forgot to send the message to him. So I just messaged Michael Bryant. He might be able to call in after 9 o'clock. That'd be great. I know that feeling. I don't know how many times. (laughs) God. It's like a real problem where I'll be like, why didn't Michelle text me back? Like, we were setting this up for lunch today. And then I'm like, I never sent that message. Why? I know I was really, really tired. But still, how the hell do you not just hit the little air? Yeah. It's not that hard. That's rough. Life's a bitch. What are you going to do? Life's a bitch, and then I guess you die, so there's that. I don't know if I ever will die. I'm not I've been waiting. I've been waiting for a while. Oh, Raging Bull. For me Bull. to die? Yeah, for you to die. Oh, it was Raging Bull. That's exactly Raging what it was. Raging Bull was the movie Greg wrote that he in. He ain't pretty no more. <laughs> it was Raging Bull. You're yes, absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. Thank you for that. Not a problem. Our listeners are great. They're good at uh, sending stuff. I uh, read something that is making me a little nervous about getting older. Okay. Uh, the medium age in the U.S. is now... Median. Median. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the average. How about this? The average there you age. Go, the average age. In the U.S. is now 39 years old. The oldest it's ever been. The median age of an American is 39? Yeah. Really? I and, didn't know it was that old. A new census report that the median age of the U.S. hit a new all-time high last year, 38.9 years old. And back in 2000, it was 35. In 1980, it was 30. That's amazing. Yeah, it's partly because we're living longer, but mainly because no one's having kids. Birth rates have been falling since the Great Recession in 2007, and the pandemic didn't help. There you have it. Uh, Michael Bryant said he'll call in just after just after 9 o'clock, so that'll be good. Perfect. Or about 5 after 9, something like that. N- nothing from Joey Gatto yet? No, I uh, I did get a call. It was from Michael Bryant, though, and I said, hey, Mike, we need the line. So uh, he's going to be calling we back here very the- shortly, but it looks like <laughs> we'll have Joe Gatto on here in like 30 seconds. All right, excellent. Looking forward to that. That'll be good. So median age is 39, so people are just not having children anymore. Yeah, I think it's that combination of people living longer, and then they said the main thing is that you're not having as many kids. So um, that brings down the – or it brings up – the medium age. Here you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, speaking of ladies and gentlemen, December 9th, Minneapolis State Theater. Joe Gatto will be w- there, and he's with us now. How you doing, sir? Very good. How are you? Magnificent, but I got to get. I got to. I got to ask you for a favor, okay? Would you do me a favor? <laughs> Here we go. What's what's that? No, it's a good favor. Um, I grew up a nice Catholic boy. Okay, went to Catholic school the whole time I was a little yep. kid. All the rest of it. No, me too. Oh, okay. So uh, being a Catholic, I went to school with a lot of Italians and a lot of Spanish people, you know, Mexican or Puerto Rican or whatever, right? You're the first person okay. I've ever had to call Joe in my life. It's always been Joey. I'm just telling you. 
<laughs> my family calls me Joey because my dad's name was Joe. There so you, my, yeah. my, and all my nieces and nephews call me Uncle Joey. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I'm, Joe, that's it. I mean, I looked at them and went, I can't call him Joe. I've never said the word Joe. Joe. Call, call me Joey. It's fine. I'll be called Joey Gatto, ladies and gentlemen, born in Staten Island, New York, uh, USA producer, actor, known, of course, for Impractical Joker. I cannot believe you guys have been on the air for, what, 12, 13 years now? 74 years, yeah. It's 74 <laughs> years. It's been 74 years. God, you look good. I'm looking at your uh, picture. Not bad, right? It's funny because if you watch like the earlier episodes, you get to see me age disgracefully. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. That's exactly it. Yeah, Joe uh, has a, uh, a fall tour from September through December. December 9th will be the date in Minneapolis. Lovely. Have you ever played this? You've played the State Theater before, haven't you, Joey? Yeah, yeah. We, back in the day, I, I, played, I, I so, mean, yeah. I love Minneapolis. It's so much. Uh, what, a, what a great city. I always have fun there because, uh, you know, it's it's good energy there. And then there's a lot of fans there. So when we walk oh, yeah. around town and see people, it's, it's really fun. So I'm excited to come through. There is no question about that. How... Mr. Gatto. i got to call you that once in a while, too. Oh, now it's Mr. Gatto. Now yeah. we're getting formal. We started off with Joey, and now we're Mr. Gatto. Well, you're Mr. Gatto because I'm going to hit you up for money. No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That's all the time we have, guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to schmooze, but i got to go. That's all there is to it. No, it's how did it all start, Joe? Uh, what a great idea, the whole idea of Impractical Jokers. How did it start? Yeah, I mean, we were just, uh, we've been friends forever since high school, and then we started our uh, comedy troupe and uh, started pitching around some bad ideas to TV shows, <laughs> found a good one, and then, uh, you know, we were able to think about our version of what it would be to, you know, just put our comedy on TV. It's really just more a show about friendship than anything, you know? There is so no we, question. Uh, we had that, and, you know, had a nice run with, the, with that whole thing, making America laugh for a while. So <laughs> it's been a great time. It's been a really great great time watching it, too. And, 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 you know, we do have another thing in common. Not particularly in common, because you're working with your high school buddies, and I go visit mine in prison. So that's good. No, there you go. <laughs> My, well, I'm not, probably not too far off from those days. We'll <laughs> <laughs> it might be any minute. Really, sincerely, you guys thought about this? And not? Did you think about someday in high school, when we get out of high school, we're going to do? Did you know all the way back then that this is what you wanted to do? No, no, really, comedy was always a side, oh, you know, okay. a side okay. thing for a passion. Like, I, I've had plenty of jobs. I was like, uh, you know, I was everything. I was a consultant for a while. I was a, uh, I worked at Nordstrom as a fashion, uh, New York uh, men's fashion uh, salesman, and then I was worked at a baby store for a long time, selling high-end baby furniture and gear uh, at a place called Giggle. And then uh, everything was on the side. And then finally, the opportunity came to throw it all in and go for the dream. So we took the shot. You know, one thing I have noticed, too, Joe, and I'm very serious about this. I've, I think I've interviewed just about everybody from the show now. You're all really decent people, you know, for, for, to, to, to go to high school with a bunch of guy, guys and then do a show and blow up. You think one guy's a pain in the ass, but you guys, are, there's not one pain in the ass in the whole bunch. Yeah, I think that's what happens when you come up with your friends. You keep each other, you know, grounded, yeah. you know, with somebody who's yep. got a little bit out of control. But we also, it also happened to us later in life. You know, I wasn't you know, quote unquote famous till like 34 years old. I'm already, you know, way past all that and a crotchety, you know, old guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sound so, real crotchety. You know, like you're already formed as a person. You already have your values. So I think it happening it later and us being together and going up through it all together, I think that really helped. Okay, so on December 9th, I go, I'm in Minneapolis. I go to the State Theater. What can I expect? Um, three to five last is guaranteed with the ticket price. Okay, okay, that's good. Yep, for sure. Um, it's my stand-up. You know, I do an hour of stand-up comedy, and I 
talk about, you know, everything from my life with the show with the guys, you know, my friends, and then, of course, other things about my life, you know, being a father, uh, crazy stories of my kids growing up with a crazy Italian mother, uh, <laughs> dogs because I have so many of those. Like, it's, it's, that. it's a really good time. It's been really fun. Been doing it for over a year now, and, and the crowds have been great, and we've just been having a good time coming out and laughing. It's take a lot of work, though, doesn't it? It does, for sure, but yeah. it's worth yep. it, man. It's worth it. No, I can see that. I, I would love to come and see the show. It's coming up December 9th. I will be in town, so I will definitely come to the state. First of all, and as I said, you've been there before, so you know this. Uh, it's a great theater and a great... Gorgeous, yeah. Yeah, great spot. So um, one of these days, uh, you'll have to stop by the studio. I'll uh, come to the show, and I'll, I'll holler out, hey, Joey! So you know it's me. <laughs> Gotcha. Well, I have to drop off the money, right? So I'll come by and see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nice Italian boy once again. I like that. Joe, come back more often. I love talking to you, pal. I appreciate your time this Thank morning. You. I appreciate you. You guys have a great day. You too, sir. Joe Gatto, ladies and gentlemen, December 9th, Minneapolis State Theater, doing his fall tour stand-up. Uh, uh, i got to be honest with you, I haven't talked to every one of them yet, but most of them, and the guys in that group are very nice people. Um. I didn't know he wasn't on Impractical Jokers anymore. He left like a year ago. Yeah, it's That's, been a while, yeah. Um, I, we had a bunch of listeners write in that said that it's not the same without him. I would agree with that, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's good, but, but it's not the same. You're right. But the good news for everybody is, is they replay every episode every t- <laughs> second always. Yeah. You would have no idea that he's not on the well, show because they have hundreds of episodes it's a very good point. with him on. I mean, that's a very good point. I had no idea. He was gone. I knew he was gone, but not for a year. I didn't know that either. It, it feels sooner, but I think they uh, had Eric Andre replace him, or at least attempt oh, to. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, I'm not, yeah, and I think the people that write in, I, I think Eric Andre is a fantastic comedian, but that it's different setup and like the whole environment is a little bit different because, like you said, Tom, they're high school friends growing up. You have that camaraderie. They have all these inside jokes. Then you throw not a stranger, but just a different guy in the mix. And it just kind of changes the dynamic a bit. No, I think that's exactly right. There's no question about that. It just, but I will tell you, I've, uh, I've never talked to Joe Gatto before, but I've talked to other members uh, of the troupe and they are really decent guys. They're still in their head kind of, well, we're still just high school buddies. Yeah. One of those kind of deals. Uh, let me know when Mr. Bryant's ready to go, and yeah, we'll just absolutely. move on from there. Talk about a little stuff that's in the news, as a matter of fact, this morning. Yeah, I think that would be super fun. I don't know about fun. There's some Fine, I think it'll be terrible, and be I'll hate disaster it. disaster because it's Michael Bryant. It'll fall apart at the seams. Oh, my God. The cops are here. Hey! Ah. God, you little sugar tit. <laughs> Just a little guy. Oh, he didn't have his headphones on. i got to say it again. <laughs> I think before, he heard you. Just before you put your headphones I on. I heard a little guy, and I, I came run. Yeah, but then I said, sit down, you sugar tit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real tough guy when I got headphones on, you know. <laughs> well, introduce yourself. you got to aim the mic at yourself, though. At myself. So what's happening, pal? Oh, same old stuff. Officer Dave. Yeah. So you're still a cop, though. Yeah. Or you're back being a cop. Back being a cop. Part time and, and oh, just part time. Just part time. But you could you couldn't give it up completely. I couldn't give it up completely. There's still there's still something in me that says I got something left to give. 
So no, I agree with that, yep. and that's one thing I love about cops is it is about giving, and I wish people would understand that. That's true. It's not just about me carrying a gun and slapping the piss out of you. <laughs> when I, when I was a young man, that was what I thought it was all about, but not anymore. Well, I think a yeah. lot of people do think that's, yeah. that's the truth. There's no yep. question. Where'd you get the Ford shirt? Oh, I had this a long time. Well, Sprinthal works for Ford now. I know. You know. And it's like, now I can like him again. <laughs> <laughs> that's real nice. <laughs> Dougie Sprinthal. I talked to him yesterday. What a great guy he yep. is. God, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> you know he a, is. Called him a great guy. Like, yeah, he is. He That's is. True. You know he is. He listens to it every day. So we're gonna we're gonna talk to Michael Bryant about uh, some criminal things that have been going on or crimes that have happened or whatever in a couple of seconds. Um, Michael, of course, on the show every Monday anyway. So that's good. Yep. On the family podcast. You're going to stick around for the family podcast. That's, that's why you're that's here. Why, yeah, that's why you invited me. And so I was like, okay, I'll show up. I think it's great. <laughs> See, I love the fact you came in for an hour of this show, too. Well, thank you. Because there's a lot of crossover. Yeah, there is. Yeah, no question about that. But I think he's uh, teeing up Michael as we speak, as a matter of fact. Just looking for some other headlines. Uh, not, you know, everything's pretty much all about, about the crime that Michael Bryant's going to talk about and about the... Uh, about the big show that somebody, I can't remember her name, but somebody's going to go see Taylor Swift. I don't know tonight. who possibly could be going to see Taylor Swift tonight. <laughs> um, God. I'm not excited at all. I think it's no. stupid. I think she overrated is what I always say about Taylor Swift. Yes, you do. There's no question. Even though I may or may not have named my foster dog Taylor Swift and her seven oh puppies she God. had in my basement, all Swifty <laughs> names. But uh, Michael Bryant's on the phone. Hello. He wasn't looking at you when he gave you the thumbs up. You're out of the mix. Sorry that I'm so talented. Oh, (laughs) pardon me. You're so talented. (laughs) Michael Bryant, Bradshaw Bryant, joining us right now. How are you doing, sir? Good. How are you? I just realized, dumbass that I am, that I got home last night. I was so tired. I went to bed last night at 830. I mean, that's real early for me these days. But Mm -hmm. I was just exhausted. So I texted you back, sounds good, about being on today. But for some reason, I never sent it to you. I found out. Yep. It's like, where's Michael Bryant? I, I told him, sounds good. <laughs> That's because yep. you never sent it, you dumbass. Yeah, well, it'll happen. What do you so. so what's the latest with you, Pally? Well, you know, we're talking. I've been talking about this latest, these charges with Thompson, with that horrible case of the oh, Somali God. women that were killed. Oh, and you know it's uh it, it it's a very it's a very it you know it's a more of a publicity case because of his dad um so he's getting looked at in a different way because of that but oh it's a horrible case and is, uh, yeah. you know how he rented a car with as supposedly high he was um and what they found for drugs and uh you know he tried to flee so there's so many different parts to this and 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 you know something I don't I can't think of the last time I saw it they're looking at federal charges in this case also really? um with the gun issue so we got all sorts of stuff going on and I don't know if people remember from the uh, from the uh, um uh from the you know from the police cases but if federals get involved they theoretically can preempt everything and if they preempt everything they take over yeah now i mean this He's already been in—wasn't he released from prison uh, the last time around much earlier he, than he should have been? He, 
he had a hit and run in California, right. and they released him. And you know, and, and and that's part of the system. I mean, you know, if you're a good prisoner and you're a model prisoner and you you do your job, they you know they got full prisons and they let people go. But holy cow, now I, with what's happening, and then I I would. I don't know if he's still he's if he's still on probation. He's got to be still be in probation because sure. of the time period sure. in in California. Oh, there's there's a lot that's going to happen with this before it's done, and it's 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 tragic. It's it's a horrible thing, and you know it's uh, it's uh, people are upset with, with the charges. But what's interesting about motor vehicle uh, deaths is that biker groups, motorcycle groups, have for years been trying to get the statute to change because there's a huge gap between the lower penalty and the highest penalty they can give. Mm -hmm. And they've been trying to fill in that middle because the the problem you get is, you know, a lot of people when they're out on the road, they don't plan to kill somebody. They don't go out there with the intent to kill somebody, but they kill somebody. They go through a stop sign. They're on their dang cell phones and People are getting back on their cell phones, and I can rant about that for hours. But um, you're doing something that causes a death, and um, so it should be more than a lower penalty. But, you know, should it in some cases be the highest possible penalty? He's going to get the highest one they can give him without without being, you know, intended. But, you know, we'll see when the blood alcohol comes back, and we'll see, you know, the different parts that happen with this. Fleeing will have a role, and it's just it's a tragedy. Now, he's probably never going to get out of prison, I wouldn't think. No, he's he, with points, he's looking right now at about 78 months is what he's looking at with his points. Um, but it, though, some will depend on what they do federally, because if, if feds come after him, they may do some more. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, 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 you know, clearly this guy's got a drug problem. Um, and, you know, clearly he's got, you know, he's, I mean, to take five lives like that. I mean, the first hit and run in California, he injured somebody, which is horrible. But yeah. to take five lives, it's it's uh, it's 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 got to be, you know, a, a horrible thing. And they were what, at like 18 years old? Yep. They're all kids. Yep, oh, all kids. Uh, Let me say yep. something. And, you know, this might be a good time to point this out because not about this particular case, but it came up earlier this morning, the way, the way people respond to things. And I'll be very open and honest about this because I try to be very honest and open. His father is not my kind of guy. I've never cared mm-hmm. for his father. His father went after a couple of friends of mine with no reason whatsoever. I don't like the man, but this morning my heart aches for him. Going through what he's going through as a father has got to be yeah. a bitch, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, your kid going through it and, you know, it's... Uh... And, and and knowing that a little bit of the or a, an extra amount of the publicity is because of you doing what you did and getting the publicity you did and you know right. it's, it's he's adding to it you know it's just it's it's a horrible thing. Yeah, so I mean, please learn a lesson from that. Even though he's not my kind of guy and I don't like him, I can feel really really sorry and sad for him because he's a sure. human being. For Christ, that's just plain empathy right there. That's, that's all, all that is. is. That's yep. all it is. I just oh, what a horrible situation. I'd like to be a dad and wake up. Hey, Andy killed five people. I mean, oh what no, the no hell, no. I I never would want to, you know. Nope. Um, you know, uh, yeah, no, I would not want to have that with any, with, well, I, I, I don't, with all the cases we have, you know, death cases are the hardest cases because one thing that's, that's horrible about a death case is it's so unnatural. Yeah. You're not supposed to die before, your kids are not supposed to die before you. Right. You know, they're supposed right. to bury you. You know, that's what they're supposed to do. That's their job, to bury dad. And you're not supposed to ever bury your kids, and that's just a horrible thing. 
You can't even argue that whole situation. So, I mean, this is not going to be a situation. They're, they're not going to take him because it's his second major offense. It's going to, they're going to come down on him pretty damn hard federally, I would think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they, I'm, I'm sure. Well, they, federally, I've never seen, uh, you know, a case like this where they've, they've gone, uh, where they've gone federally like this, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what the feds do and if the feds jump in and take over because they can preempt the case and just take it over completely. And then, you know, the, 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 the underlying thing all this is I got to believe people are looking at it to see what the Hennepin County prosecutor does because, um, you know, there's been big issues with the new prosecutor and, and their choices as far as pleas go or their choices as far as sentencing goes. So there's got there's a lot of things going on here because we had the attorney general take over a, case, a couple of cases. Right. Now, um, back to his father for one second. Is his father still in office? I don't even know. No, no, no. He lost. So. And, you know, and he, I thought. He, he didn't live in the district. And so he had a lot of other issues. Yeah, well, didn't he have like a Wisconsin driver's license? Yep. Like what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's there was some craziness there that I don't understand. Nah, no question about it. But it just this kid. By the way, his name is Derek, right? Derek Thompson. Yeah. Yep. He's only twenty-seven years old. I know. Jesus, yeah, he's a kid too. Yep, he's a kid too. He is a kid. So I mean, where do you see this going, Michael? Your take on it? Where, well, where's it end? I up? would. I would guess that, well, it, the first thing will be what are the feds going to do? That's going to be a big part of this. Um, that'll be the first thing. Second thing will be when we get an actual amount of what he had in his system back from the BCA. Right, that'll right. play a role as far as, this, as charges go. And then I would guess they'll work out some sort of deal on this. Um, and, you know, uh, right now on his point system, he's looking at 73, I think it's 73 months. Yeah, I know it's in the 70s for months. Um, you may see an argument by the prosecutor for an upward departure, which means they argue for more than what's required in the, under the uh, a point system. And, um, and you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes from there. But they're going to give him more than one year per death, aren't they? Um, we'll see. You know, that'll be it, it, the point system was set up because of disparities in the way people were charged. They they you know, there were there were certain people that got treated differently because of their color or because of their how much money they had or who their lawyer was. Right. And so it created this system so that the judges are supposed to follow it. And it's it's a it's a good system overall. Minnesota had one of the best systems put together. And so it, it works, but there are cases where people question it, and we'll see if they go for the upward departure and go from there. Very, very sad. I, I Again, I just wish people would understand. Just, I guess, observe and see what happens from, from here. There's nothing you can possibly say about this that should have never happened. Nope. No, and and he's 27 years old. You you will never know what the hell he was thinking. And if he was intoxicated, then I guess he wasn't thinking. I don't know that he was, but there's some indications that he was indeed. Is that not correct? Correct. Yeah, he was found with a a a, a, a lot of drugs, is what as oh, I okay. understand it. And okay. uh, he's and and we got the gun issue, and we've got him fleeing issue, and so there's a lot going on there. Criminal vehicular. Homicide, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, manslaughter. So, um, yeah. but um, yeah. So, and then I got one question though. So, so, so since Brittany's there, yeah. Yeah, Brittany. So, it, since you're going to Taylor Swift, is that baby gonna eat, or should we send you some money so you get, you know? Uh, so, like, I don't 
don't know where she's at with her college fund, so I just keep taking from that. Like, I, I'm going to really push for, you know, some gap years until we can get that back up and going. Gap years. I'm just thankful that she's not old enough to want to go because I took what I was going to spend on her ticket on mine Ooh. and just made it rational. Yeah. So- so since you're taking from the college fund, are you feeding the little little lead paint there or what? Exactly. Yeah. No, we're <laughs> well. We're gonna paint do. Chips. Yeah, we're gonna do. Uh, uh, paint chips. We're gonna ask the neighbors to watch her for a couple nights to just hopefully jump in on their dinner. But yeah, um, I'm abandoning them. By the way, from mm-hmm. this is like the longest I've ever been away from her. Will be like from 3 p.m till 1 a.m. So, you know, like, Saturday morning, I'm going to be exhausted, but being like, I'm so sorry I left you for so long. (laughs) You know what's great about this? You're leading the military pamphlets out for the child. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, some MREs. She'll be fine. There you go. Don't worry about a thing. What if you get home tomorrow or you wake up tomorrow and she doesn't want to come back? I, I have, if she, any time that I leave her for a long time,